That shows some true resilience in the music itself, Diane. That's, That's what, it what I think. There's resilience there. There's a timeless quality. It's evergreen, as they say in the trades. Is that what they say in the trades? They say that, amongst other things. One of the other things they say is, It's 9.08 a.m. Saturday, August 31st, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> Episode, um, it's in the low 300s somewhere. I think it's 305 or something like the 306. Maybe. I see. That's right. The just talking talk about being evergreen, <laughs> you know. The kind of, the but kind I don't of time, think we have the resilience. The, the of timeless some of these. qualities <laughs> of the Bill and Diane show. Oh no! <laughs> you know, someday mm. when they, you know, they're doing the documentary of. Uh, you know, one of the, the things that I could say is when I'm old and gray, I'll listen back to these, but I'm already no. old and I'm already gray. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. It's been a while since I've listened back. I haven't done any deep dives into the Bill and Diane show recently. But they're all there. They're all there. <laughs> Warts and all. What are you going to do? You know. Well, someday when we're in our dotage. Yes. I don't think we're in our dotage yet. No. I don't think so either. You think we're going to binge listen to some... I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Yeah. <laughs> some classic Bill and Diane show. Maybe we could do a best of. Yeah, ham and eggs. You know, have a separate playlist with the best of our hand-picked favorite episodes. One of the ones that I would have is the one about the girdles. Yeah, I know. That was like episode two, wasn't it? <laughs> Somewhere along there. Yeah. It's, all, it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, we peaked early. That's okay. We're fine with that. We're fine with that. It's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. But you know, the kind of hecticity, Diane, if I may use that term. You, you may not. Make it up on the spot. <laughs> the kind of hecticity, Diane, that uh, uh, it's not the most pleasant sort of hecticity I find. There's, a, you know, I've had, there's been a quality in me this week of kind of uh, muted, subdued impatience. Just a little, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, <laughs> hanging. I'm hanging. <laughs> I don't, subdued I really, impatience. Right. That sounds I, I pretty know. oppressive. Has it been that subdued <laughs> is what I'm asking you. Uh, I think it's a little. I think it's fairly subdued. Yeah. But I mean, you know, yeah, I keep telling myself there are so many worse problems you could have than the one I purport to have now. So there you go. How about you, Diane? What's happening over in your world? Well, yes. I am taking a break at this present time from the layout of the new Ancient Victories. Ancient Victories magazine. And I think we could probably go ahead and just say that uh, there are, are reviews of my new album. There's a review of my new album and a review of Kat's new album in this issue of the Ancient Victories magazine. Of course, it'll become an instant collector's item. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also... will be a collector's <laughs> item in our house. In our house, certainly, yeah. And perhaps in cats. Perhaps in cats. And perhaps in the other households of the other reviews. Yes, I'm certain. That are in the CD reviews. I'm certain. We've gotten confirmation from the powers that be that uh, we will, in fact, be doing an album release concert in Tacoma, at the Antique Sandwich Company, 
the on, sacred ground on Diane's birthday, which is October twenty sixth, twenty nineteen, seven p.m. I had had this concept when I was thinking, oh my gosh, Cat and Bill both have CDs coming out, new CDs. Oh my gosh! And I like to spend my birthdays listening to you and Cat perform. So wouldn't it be a spectacular thing to have a album release party as this year's birthday celebration? I'm always nervous to ask the antique sandwich owners, Tammy and Shirley and Dick, to, I mean, well, Tammy and Shirley are the owners, and Dick is a grand participant in it all. I love... Uh, having things there and I'm always nervous when I ask them and they've never said no <laughs> I don't know why I'm so nervous but I was nervous to ask were you no well I feel it's kind of an imposition and but yeah. but uh, it is such an enjoyable but I think having event. Chris and ancient victories involved it's not like they have to do a lot of logistics in terms of the actual concert they just got to be open this is indeed a a special occasion for us. Yes, it's always great to be able to bring a bunch of elements together at the Antique Sandwich, which has been a, you know, since the, I think I first went there and I don't know when they opened, but it was, I think it was. It was in the 1970s. Yeah, but I think it was. Because they just celebrated their 46th anniversary. Right, so in the late 70s when I was at college in Whitworth, I went to the open mic a few times when I was home on holiday and stuff like that so yeah the antique has been a presence in my life for well the pretty much the entirety of my what I would consider my professional music career the first time I went to the antique was probably in the early 1980s I went to see Jim Page perform there um because it was really hard in the old days to find out where people were performing. Yeah. And somehow, I think he actually sent me a postcard. Yeah, we all used to do postcards back in those days. Yeah, and said that, it said he was playing at the Antique Sandwich. And I remember driving down there with my brother. And we were, I was thinking, where is this place? Because it seemed very... I don't know, a very unfamiliar uh, in the Tacoma Territory type of thing. But I remember that, and I remember first coming in there, and Dick uh, was the MC that evening. I remember him very well as he got up there, never never knowing how important this place would become yeah. to me. Yeah. That's one of the most wonderful things about life to me, is that <clears throat> when the different... Uh, people or places enter your life it's like entering on stage and you have no idea yeah, that well, this person's going to become so critical maybe I, I remember in 1979 when I first met uh, Neil through Mike Nelson so I know I was going to the antique in 1979 anyway which was 40 years ago BT dubs to be able to do, you know, it's like it's like at this point in life, you're like, 
Yes, one more. We get one more. <laughs> Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. One more <laughs> magical night where all the elements are. Ew, boy. Gonna be in place. That's good coffee. And things are gonna be great. And I get to do it with Cat, who is also elemental on so many levels in both of our lives. It's good. That'll be good. But let's not dwell on it because you know, I tend to <laughs> I tend to overdwell. You know. It's, that's a, it's an issue of mine, uh, overdwelling. I think I opened with that aspect of my personality, the overdwelling aspect. Well, it is a busy time for me when I'm, when I'm busy at work, which I am in September, and also doing the, the layout for the publication. It's always a, a Hecticity was it? Yes, yeah, it's an exercise in hecticity, and yes. but it's nice that at this point you can take a day off. Yes. To do the, to commit to the layout and to, to get at least gathering all the pieces and stuff like that to get a jump on it. Boy, you know it's so funny. I've been doing layout of the public of one publication or another with Chris because I did the Victory Music Review. Uh, during the 19, that five-year period in the 1980s. Well, I kept on doing it even after Chris and I were no longer together for a while. Then I stopped, and then Chris stopped doing Victory Music, and then I, and then he asked me what I would think about doing a layout of the festival's directory. And then I was involved in that and was uh, actually writing for that a lot too, which was a, a real pleasure because it's interesting that the people who participate in the visual arts or in sculpture or whatever the, you know, the various people who we, the crafters and they, they aren't used to anybody interviewing them. Musicians get a lot more interviews, I think. And I interviewed some pretty amazing artists doing a variety of things. It was cool. it was fun. Yeah, I bet. Sounds like it. But I did the layout for that, and now I'm doing the layout for Ancient Victories. I really do enjoy it, although it's one of those pastimes that is enjoyable and also quite frustrating. Yeah. So the nuts and bolts of it is of putting it together. I could see it would be very frustrating, but the finished product is usually in pretty good shape. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, and it's I always that... it's always tough because they, you want to put a lot of photos in it, but the the it, you know getting the the printing process kind of does it does not is not kind to photographs. No. Just in its very nature, it's just not. So that's always kind of a frustration. Things come out too dark and things like that. Or darker than you'd like. But when I think about what I had to do to do the layout back in the 1980s. Yeah. Actual cutting and actual pasting. Actual cutting. Actual different. I remember that when I was on the newspaper at college. That the way you would lay out a page was just crazy. You'd run it through a little waxer and you'd paste it up on some grid paper. And you ran it through a waxer? We yeah. actually had a little wax no, there was gizmo. A, we had that a little, it was just a... It was like a little thing that would spin, and you would actually, and it had a little trough underneath it with the hot wax in it, and you would just stick the photo in one end, and it would whoop, like that, well, or, the, or the element, whatever had, the piece of type was. Uh, you had to roll the wax on yourself. Yeah, we rolled the wax on ourselves, and, and you had to have it work exactly right. Right. So 
talk about a jigsaw puzzle. If you yeah. didn't, it was like... You had to cut all your uh, things. You tried to cut them as straight as you could, but yeah. you had to use the type to line up with the grid rather than the rather than the edge of the paper. And it's just like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had blue lines on ours that we you followed. Yeah, that grid, that blue grid. But paper. man, if, if some little element that you had, like a little... Piece of clip art or something. Piece of clip art fell off and then you're looking on the floor for it and... Oh. Yeah. And they were huge flats that we used, and and I always remember that we were the tension in between Chris and I, who were doing the layout, would just be getting greater and greater and greater until he walked out the door with the just like. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the same as these. True. You know, the because the, the process has gotten much nicer. When you're doing the layout of these, you you have control. If it's too much, you can condense the type. You can do a lot of different things. But it's still got an element of frustration in it. So, But I don't know. It's, it's still fun. It's interesting how you can have something be fun and frustrating at the well, same time. Well, it's kind of like solving a puzzle. You have to, it's like a, yeah. you have to put this puzzle together, and it needs to fit just right. And... You have to figure out ways sometimes to make it fit fit just right. Like, I don't know how you go diagonal with images. I've been trying to figure out how to do that for a long time. You must know something about this program that I don't. So. Oh, I, I can show you easily. Of course, of course you can. Anyway, so that's, so we're kind of in this kind of very, uh, it's detail work. And I think that's what's got me a little feeling impatient because there's just too much detail work in my life right now. And, and I'm not finished with the detail work. And the detail work is always kind of like, I don't know, should I change the wording on that? Should I have thanked this person instead of that person? Should I have, you know, done, you know, should I, I should do more. There needs to be, do I want to have that thing, that dumb thing at the beginning of the lyric booklet? Do I want to have, you know, stuff like that. So... And so, yes, this is how the sausages are made. Yes, this is how the sausages <laughs> are made. But I think, uh, ultimately, because I'm anticipating, too, because I, I just know that at the end I'm going to be happy with it. So that's good. So there's a good kind of, there will be a nice denouement, but I would just like to just, let's just get there, okay, people? I've been thinking this week that we're heading into... The, the golden time of year the in fall. and it truly is golden in a lot of ways yeah. I like the uh, the other morning I actually called Bill from the bus stop because I had forgotten to tell him that when I was coming out of my Pilates class at six in the morning that the sky was just so incredible and I knew that he was out in a walk and knew that he would have seen it in all its glory. But I was thinking as I was viewing that sky that there's a different, because of the angle of the sun coming through, there's always this golden glow about everything in September and October, which is why I love those months. So, I mean, there's so many reasons why I love those months so much. But, I mean, it's going to be September Tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's tomorrow. 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 And I was thinking, it's here, that golden time of year, where all these things are there to anticipate, and and then the the environment around you even seems to be 
cooperating in this beautiful way. So, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. As am I. So seasonal stuff, you know, and things, and ha happenings, and and uh, hecticity. <laughs> uh, yeah, to me, it can only mean one thing. Jethro Tell. <laughs> oh, especially because Jethro Tull, in fact, when we were listening this morning, I was thinking, Jethro Tull is my fall, my autumn feeling music. It's, right. it's got that same anticipatory golden glow kind of feel about it to me. And it was the summer of 1978. Diane, the summer of 1978 in Spokane, Washington, that I first heard the sounds of heavy horses coming out of Alan Hicks's dorm window on the Whitworth College campus. Alan Hicks, who had a birthday this last week on Thursday. Happy birthday, big guy. Be seeing Alan in uh, early November for the Rocks trip. And I had been sitting in my dorm room for most of that summer, sweltering, because it was unbearably hot. I was working at, on the maintenance crew on campus, work-study, summer job. I think it was the, I don't know, was, I guess that was the first summer I was fully away from home. And I remember I used to fill up the bathtub in the dorm with cold water. And I was the only person living in that dorm in that, that summer. I don't think there was another person on campus. You had a bathtub in your dorms? Yeah. Wow. And I would just sit in this cold bathtub during the warmest part of the day and just turn into a prune. It's very strange. But anyway, I kept hearing, well, I was, I was hearing, I knew that these guys were down there because Alan and Tim Vernon, Alan Hicks, Tim Vernon, were roommates at Woodworth. And what they had done, since they were both on campus during the summer, and Alan was an RA, Alan had a corner room, which was a bigger room. And Tim had the room next door to that, which was just a, a very small closet-sized dorm room, which most of them were, including mine. And what they had done is they had moved all of the bed stuff into the small room, and they had turned the corner room into just a lounge area, a private lounge, and they had Alan's stereo set up in there. And they had a couch and, you know, a couple other cushy chairs in there. Had they known each other before college? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, they had met at Whitworth. And so they were just, they would just be in there, you know, having a good time and listening to music. And the windows would be open and the music would be, you know, echoing across campus. And that's when I first heard the song Rover. And I had heard them playing Jethro Tull. But I had, when I heard the song Rover, I was, that's when I got up out of my chair and waddled over there and knocked on their door. Waddled? Waddled. I was, you know, rather heavy set at that time. And uh, said, what is this music? And that was... The, the beginning of a long the friendship. The beginning of a, of a friendship that has endured. I mean, we knew each other because we were, we were all in the poetry writing workshop the spring before that summer. And, uh, but they were like upperclassmen, and I was like a freshman, and so I was kind of like, I don't know. Myself and Diane Wiseman, I think, were the only two freshmen in that first uh, poetry writing workshop. 
there's only like 12 people total in the class and there's all these upperclassmen and so we were a little sheepish um, but Tim and Alan were very nice and when I knocked on the door it was like from that day on we were completely inseparable I was you know we were just together all the time which was one of the great kind of passages in my life was getting to know those two guys by the next next summer I had lost 60 pounds Wow. Yeah. And just from knowing them, not because I did anything deliberate, just, you know, I was up and around more instead of sitting in a bathtub of cold water all day. <laughs> you know, because you're just as hot. Yeah. And miserable. <laughs> and if you're sitting in a bathtub, you know you have surrendered completely <laughs> to your misery. But with Alan and Tim, there was no surrendering. It was just, that was just not how they worked it. Anyway. Heavy Horses was my introduction to Jethro Tull as well. and I had heard Jethro Tull prior to that, but I had not heard this particular sound. Yeah. Which was a mature I agree. sound and a much more pastoral kind of right. sound. Because I had heard um, Aqualon, Aqualon and Bungle in the Jungle and, and Thick as a yeah. Brick and you know, all of that stuff coming up. And I always thought it was very interesting music and way more intricate than I felt rock and roll had ever been before yeah there was just an intricateness to it and it's it remained that way through these albums because every instrument is playing a different melody line rather than just everybody just kind of taking an element of the main uh, melodic line and just sitting in it like with a straight-ahead rock and roll kind of song these were or these arrangements were always just amazing I would not have said that Jethro Tull was one of my favorites, although I loved Bungle in the Jungle when yeah. it was on the radio. But um, but the way it became my favorite is because of the Heavy Horses and then Songs from the Wood and yeah. Minstrel in the Gallery. Yeah. Because all of those had that uh, sort of this feeling of true minstrel it was kind, kind of, of a music. medieval almost kind yeah. of setting and Ian Anderson just started to actually occupy that in a, in a more deliberate kind of way than he had prior to that I mean there's great songs on every album but Aqualung has never been a song that I even like if I'm playing yeah. if I'm playing my favorite Jethro Tull songs Aqualung is not on the list. Mine either. <laughs> Neither is Locomotive Breath, although I like Locomotive Breath better than I like Aqua. Well, I think I like song. the the topics mm -hmm. that are discussed in these songs. I mean, the the Heavy Horses uh, still has one of my uh, it it just lights my imagination. Yeah. Both from hearing it's you can hear the song and totally picture everything in it yeah the wheel of oak and wood the rain of polished leather a heavy but horse in a tumbling sky brewing heavy weather that's my favorite line yeah the tumbling sky brewing heavy weather because that is my favorite kind of a sky you know the there's something about um the brewing of heavy weather that is just so gorgeous and so I remember when I heard that and of course I love moths and journeyman 
Journeyman. Yeah. All, all of the songs. It's and just Acres like an, an amazing, Acres Wild. Yeah. It's an amazing album all the way through, in my estimation. One and Brown Mouse. It's kind of a, <laughs> a journey into all these different uh, animals, too. Yeah. You know, the... The and the mouse please never sleeps. The the cat. The good morning weathercock. The, How'd you fare last night? The mouse, the <laughs> the dog, the horses. You know, I just it's just such an amazing album. It's really good. I think we should get on with it, shouldn't we? We should, yeah. and uh, just recognize that a lot of, um, for, uh, a lot of the folk music that we've been playing recently that. This is part the of folk, that same yeah. tradition. It's progressive rock from the British Isles in the 1970s. Yeah. It's 1978 is when this album came out. That's why it was so new sounding when I heard it coming out of Alan's window. It's like they had just gotten the album. And even though we said we'd get on with it, I just want to mention oh, I see. that my interest in the green man, or, uh, green man images, everything came from of the root of Jethro Tull. Mm -hmm. So that music really did have an influence in bringing some of these old ways into a technologically savvy lifestyle, you know. It, I don't live that life, and I probably couldn't live that life, even if I tried, but it sparks my imagination and my um it gives you a sentimental feel towards those things which are probably pretty hard life but it's kind of a nice well if it's a life you're born into and raised in and you know yeah. has been in your family for generations you don't notice i mean you're, it's just life it's not that's right so we've played these two songs before but we're going to play them again it's been a while Sadness, resourceful in remorse, 
the feet pounding the dust on October's day towards evening sweat embossed veins standing proud to the plow salt on a deep chest seasoning last of the line at another's day's toil turning the deep sod under Flint at the fat log chasing the bone Flies at the nostrils plunder The suffered, the glides, tail the pressure on by With the shine on his feathers floating Hauling soft timber into the dust To bed on a warm straw Petty horses move the land underneath Behind the past I've slipping and sliding free And now you're down to the view and there's no work to do The track is out his way Let me find you a filly for your proud stallion seed To keep the old line and we'll stand you abreast at the back of the woods Behind the young trees growing To hide you from eyes that mock at your girth Your eighteen hands at the shoulder And one day when the oil barons have all dripped dry and the nights are seen to draw colder The leg fear strength, your gentle power 
your noble grace and your victory, and you'll stray once again to the sound of the guns in the wake of the deep loud Leather, a 
heavy hearts and the tumbling sky brewing heavy weather. Tractors on its way. Oh, hey. 